Hello and what is up, Bowl Crew? Before we get to the podcast that you are here to listen to, I just want to make a special announcement. The Twin Cities by Night crew has decided to add an additional member to the gang. What does that entail? That means that not only will you be able to potentially play in a future Demon the Fallen game that we will be running for a podcast and YouTube series, but you'll also be able to become part of the gang and be involved in future podcasts and other games that we may have going on on the channel. So how can you apply for this? First, you'll need to stop by our Discord that you can find in this podcast description and get details on how to apply. We'll be accepting applications until September 30th, 2018. And from there, we'll make a decision. We will let you know if you are the one who will become part of the Twin Cities by Night gang. I hope to see you all there. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us on that same Discord. Good luck. Now I bring to you the future podcast. Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Hunters Hunted to Corruption. Join us as we tell the tale of four men bonded by their fear and hatred of the hidden monsters that reside in Washington, D.C. in September of 2009. Only time will tell of Jebediah, played by Adam B., Robert, played by Adam C., Walter, played by Chris, and Dr. Turner, played by Tillman, will survive together in this story ran by Andrew. Hunters Hunted 2 is a Vampire the Masquerade 20th Anniversary Edition expansion set in the world of darkness. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, or find us on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hunters Hunted 2 Corruption, where we last left off with our hunters. They had had a very, we could say eventful, September 11th of 2009. Their day was filled with violence, drugs, and, well, bribery even. We open up the scene on Jebediah. He is driving home. It's a humid and warm evening in his car, thinking about how stressful the day's work was. There's just the the day's weariness pressing down upon him as he drives down the street, returning to his home. The sounds of the night are all around him. You have the windows down, uh, the breeze flowing through your hair, and you can hear the crickets outside. You are coming home, and the, the, the you can hear the crunch of the uh, tires over the gravel. Uh, kind of describe to us what your, what your house looks like. At this point in Jeb's life, the house is probably a very nice, large, I'd say two-story, four- or five-bedroom home. He's driving a very nice truck late model wearing a suit and tie he's got a briefcase there's you know a travel coffee mug in the center console the house itself going back to that be a nice stone facade on the front of the house very 
well manicured lawn, well landscaped. We'll say two car garage, sort of a uh, little patio and a turnaround where uh, he'll park his truck in the turnaround. He'll get out, he'll, you know, adjust his tie, brush off his suit a little. As he's getting out of the vehicle, he he notices something strange in that the front door is slightly open to his uh, home. And there's a light pouring out. Huh. He'll sort of mumble to himself a little bit, reach back into the car, grab his travel mug in his briefcase, and walk up to the front door of the house. As he gets to the front door, he'll, you know, step in. Hey, darling, you home? And there's no answer from within. And there's just an eerie silence in the house. Lights are on. No sound. Stepping inside, looking around, you see that the uh, lamp in the uh, corner on the side table is knocked aside, and the bookcase has uh, a broken shelf, and there's books spilled out on the floor. He'll drop the briefcase, drop the travel mug, let it spill with whatever's in it, and he'll start tearing through the house. Annie! Where are you? Annie, you home? So, Jebediah is beginning to panic at this point. Oh, yes, absolutely. What's kind of going through his mind? Well, he's wondering what the hell is going on. Who broke into his house? He's hoping that his wife's not home. And that that's why, you know, they chose this moment to break in. So he's just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Who's in his house? Where are they? Yeah. So, running through the house, looking around, uh, there's no one downstairs. So you go head upstairs. And you see that there's a picture... Uh, a couple of them that uh, were knocked off the wall, you know, along the uh, hallway. And you see that the uh, bedroom door is wide open. In almost panic state, you rush and you come upon a very strange scene in your mind. It's just, it's hard to understand what it is that you're seeing in front of you. There, laying on the floor in front of your bed, is your wife on the ground. And there's someone or something hunched over her. It it looks like a person, but there's there's very little lighting in this room. The the lights aren't on, so you just have the hall light streaming in, and so you just see what is almost like thick hair on its back. And as you come through come through the doorway into the room, you stop and you stare, and it turns and looks at you, and you just see these gleaming red eyes, and it just fills you with fear and so quickly it just bolts jumps through the bedroom window outside with a crash in in human speed and there you are looking down at your wife on the ground her throat is ripped open and she is very clearly dead jebel let out a wail an absolute horrified, broken-hearted wail, and he will rush over to her body and cradle it and start weeping. So, my darling, no, no, why? What the hell was this? As he cries, the point of view shifts, and you see in his chest there's a hole where his heart should be. Pitch blackness that slowly begins to expand and consume him and draw him in. And the last thing that Jeb sees before he wakes himself up 
is himself falling into the void. And you awaken the next morning. It's about six o'clock. You look over at the clock and have a deep sigh. What do you do? Well, Jeff, he'll sit up, bolt straight, grip the, you know, he'll clench his fists. He'll go over to the uh, fridge in the bunker, open it up, pull out a beer, crack the beer, drain it, crush the can, and then he will punch the wall until his knuckles are bleeding. So you kind of have like this is like cold sweat all over your body when you first wake up and bolt up and see the time. And I imagine this causes quite a bit of noise. You think that would wake up that wake up Walter? Yeah, quite possibly. I and mean, he's going to be like, ah, ah, again. Okay. Walter, as he's punching the wall, you awaken to this sound almost like, like there's some kind of fight or something going on. Like what, what do you make of this? This noise, you wake up and you just hear this sound, like something beating something else. Uh, I get up on guard, definitely try to, you know, get my senses. This is before I did the whole YouTube spiel thing. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I wake up and I'm just like looking, trying to look real quick and see what the hell caused all that, you know, and, and just get up on guard, you know. So, yeah, so I get up and I'm just like looking for the noise, like trying to react, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you will see this scene of Jebediah. Mm-hmm just hitting the wall and his knuckles are starting to bleed and he's yeah. just like in pure anger you i don't i don't know have you ever seen him like this have you guys like i would think so i i would think since like kind of like walter probably stays in this shelter and you know we've talked about how jeb and walter have probably done a couple all-nighters you know what i mean all coked out or whatever he's probably woken up to jeb freaking out one way or another i mean would you agree jeb oh without a doubt yeah so i'm just gonna be like jeb jeb Stop hurting yourself, ain't gonna do nothing, no one any good. Go go make us some coffee, Jeb. Either I punch this wall or I'll punch one of y'all. Jeb, get some coffee. We we've been through this plenty of times before. I got a video to make. Trust me. Get some coffee. After Let me I do- get this out of my system. I swear to God, I will break you if you do not. On that note, I'm going to let the big redneck have his fun. <laughs> he goes to sit down on the couch, <laughs> and I'm going to wait for him to get whatever this is out of his system. Jeb will punch and punch and punch until his arms are sore and his knuckles are torn to shit. Let, just for f- flavor reason, I guess, just put like a bashing point of damage on your character. Sure. You know, he's he's just hitting the wall till he's bleeding. Like, you know, it's, it hurts. And while he's doing that, I'm going to grab a first aid kit, just kind of wait for him to be done. You know what I mean? Like sit on the couch and have like the first aid kit sitting in front of me on the coffee table and kind of like wait for him. Once he's good and sore and he's gotten it out of his system, he'll crack the fridge open, pull out another beer, drain it, crush the can, and then he'll walk over to the coffee maker. His knuckles still dripping blood this entire time and he'll start making coffee. I'm going to wait for him to get done with making the coffee. And when I see he's done, I'm going to be like, Jip, come over here. I kind of motion for you to I push the coffee table like two feet back so he can sit down and there's like room between us like sit down on the coffee table like here take a seat we've been here before <sighs> all right fine well, he'll sit- walk over and sit down and he'll he'll hold his hands out and i'll start like you know i'll pop open the pop open the first aid kit and like get a band to start wiping off the blood and while i do it i'm just gonna kind of wait for like 10 20 30 seconds you know and then i'm gonna just say you had the same dream again, Jibadai? 
You fucking know I did. I know. I know. And I just kind of take a couple more seconds as I'm cleaning there, try not to. Ain't much out there that gets me this worked up. I understand, Jeb. When we're done here, I'm going to make a video. And afterwards, we should have a talk with Gregory. But Jeb, I just need to remind you the reason that we're still alive after all the stuff we've done is because we've been able to control our emotions when it's been time to. Trust me, I am on the edge right now myself. I feel like I'm about to, I want to scream. Matter of fact, I did yesterday when I received that phone call. But this is they, what they want from us. They want they, they, they want this kind of control over us, Jeb. And we all need you. Your pals need you to be collected right now. You understand what I mean by that, right, Jeb? What kind of idiot do y'all think I am? I don't think you're an idiot, idiot, Jeb. So with this uh, shouting, Dr. Turner awakens. Yeah, I think and, finally I would yeah. <laughs> wake up. And come and join the others and be like, what's going on? <laughs> exactly. Like a little bit... Um... Hazy and shaky still, stumbling into a room uh, in underwear. What the fuck? Gregory, Jeb just had a just had a bad dream. It's okay. We got it taken care of. Go ahead and get dressed. And I need to make a video real quick, then we'll talk afterwards, okay? Grab some of that yeah. coffee there. I, I, so, I'm going to make breakfast. Y'all want critter tacos? Y- yeah. Just, critter I tacos need you, it is. Just, just before you do, just let me record the video real quick. I need you to start it again, okay? Well, okay, I... everything seems to be all right. <laughs> and Greg uh, just uh, slumps into the bathroom. <laughs> At this point, you guys, you know, go about your morning routine. You have breakfast and everything, and you record your YouTube video. And as with the last session, it, it's the same thing. You know, they're there, he records, you do your thing, and we can skip ahead to that. Yeah, so right after I'm done recording the video, I would say, like, you see, like, after like I do like the cutting motion with my hand, meaning to cut off the stream, there's probably a moment that you two like see me sitting in my chair because like I, we said like you're behind the camera, you know that he has set up that it does recording, just kind of watching that. Um, I would say that you see him like very intense right now, but he doesn't seem his eyes probably don't Walter's eyes don't seem to be focused on anyone or anything right now. They just seem kind of distant, like like uh, I don't know how to say like hazed. You know, like he, he, not that he's high, but definitely that he's lost in thought. And during this time, he's holding on to that manila envelope that has the pictures in there. And I was going to see, Andrew, um, about that. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Numina? 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 Numina. The psychometry one, the one dot I have that where it can kind of tell like the ownership of something or kind of like you can get, I believe, impressions or something like that. What do I have to do to roll that or to utilize that power? So you're doing this with... The pictures that I was given to, that was given. Okay. Also, um, as you're looking at them, I do want to point out something. I may not have been 100% clear when we last like went over this. Mm-hmm. Now the pictures, again, do you recall them having the whole like her with like tattoos, right? Yep. Okay. So I just want to make sure that it's 100% clear that even in the pictures where they're with you, she has these tattoos that you do not remember her having. Interesting. Interesting. So it is one willpower point, uh, perception, empathy, difficulty of seven. All right. And I would give you a lower difficulty because it's a pretty significant item to you personally. So it has that psychic resonance that would lower the difficulty to six. Okay. So more successes. Oh, wow. Three successes. You're holding these pictures. 
and you just have like this kind of uh, feeling that floods you. It's it's an external feeling coming like you can feel it on this, and you're getting like this flooding emotion coming from the photograph, like flooding over you. Like you're feeling it, but you know it's external. You know it's coming from this uh, from this photograph, and it's almost like uh, suspicious, like a feeling of suspicion washing over you. Like whoever whoever is holding whoever took these photographs was suspicious, and. You get you get this like image in your mind of of a person, someone who it's like they're cloaked in shadow, like like they're hard, like it's hard for you to see like a clear picture of who this person might be, but it's like they're you can distinctly see like African American features, dark skin, and they have like a dark jacket on, and you can just almost picture where they're taking, like you can see like in your mind's eye where these photographs were taken, like where they were standing when it happened. And like the ones that I were in, do I get the impression like whoever took them was spying on us? Or I guess that would be hard to tell, right? So I guess this is, that's what you get. You yeah. get a feeling like a suspicion, like whoever this person that you're seeing in your mind's eye, whoever this is, you're uh, you can't really just recall all their features, but it's it's like almost um, difficult to to get a clear image of them, but you can distinctly feel that that emotional impression of just suspicion coming from them as they're doing this yeah walter is pretty torn right now because he knows it's pretty much now a waiting game for him to be contacted by whoever this individual was you know that that was what they you know what i mean they said here's a taste or whatever and they know how to reach me they've fucking shown that already so i don't know like walter's gonna like get up and just kind of i would say look frustrated he's gonna like toss the pictures onto his desk and just kind of like walk out the room probably leave you two guys there you two there as he just kind of storms out and goes and sits in the couch on the bunker, just kind of overwhelmed, just like, you know, overwhelmed with emotion at the moment too, especially the tattoo things. Now that's really starting yeah, to play around. That that. It didn't, I would say, well, I mean, let's, let's count, let's put into factor the fact that, I mean, he is bloodbound to, to Iris, you know what I mean? So I don't know if he would, he would definitely feel like confused and, I think, to be honest with you, he's not a dumb guy, and he's, you know, he's been doing investigative journalism in his past. I think that maybe something's starting to like creep into his head that like she might not be all that she presented herself to be. You know what I mean? And that because there's just, I mean, maybe even trying to rationalize the photos. Maybe they were faked. I mean, he. I would say, like in his head, he would think they're Photoshop. But I mean, he. She was in the pictures with him. He remembers the time that those pictures were taken. You know what I mean? Pretty vividly, and he knows that those weren't. He knows that she didn't have tattoos in, and he doesn't. In his head, he's not trying to. He he would not understand why anyone would take the effort to fake tattoos on her. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's like it's just too small and inconvenient. There's no like reward that he would picture someone getting for making him think she had tattoos, you know? Yeah. And the, and the, the tattoos themselves are difficult to make out in the, in the photographs. It just kind of from the distance and everything, it just looks like they're almost like winding lines up her arms. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of difficult to tell, like some kind of, maybe some kind of like tribal design. You're not really sure. It's difficult to tell. So like what specifically it is, what's the point of that? Yeah, exactly. Because he, I mean, he doesn't see any reason why someone would go through the effort to Photoshop that, you know. So he's just like confused, emotional. I mean, obviously feeling withdrawn. You know what I'm saying from the love of his life, quote unquote. So he's just gonna go kind of like sit on the couch and kind of wait for the other two to kind of take the lead, like he usually does. You know. Okay. 
and either of you want to inter interject here with anything? Yeah, Jeb will just slurp his coffee and watch. He's still uh, kind of upset about his dream. Does Walter say anything? Because uh, I think um, Greg just wouldn't know that Iris didn't have tattoos before. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't even think you guys would have ever met Iris, to be honest with you. I just think exactly. that... Yeah, he, I mean, I would say it's awkward. It's one of those moments where someone would be like, awkward. Like, cause he just like gives this really intense rant on YouTube, sits there and stares off and then just throws these pictures on the desk and it storms out of his office and sits on the couch. And he's just like, I'm like staring at the board, just like pissed. And I don't think Walter's a guy who would really look pissed. You know what I mean? I mean, intoxicated or intense or whatever, but he looks like pissed. I'm talking about like jaw clenching, like angry, you know, maybe it's because he saw, uh, Jebediah, you know, wake up the way he did, you know what I mean? And that set the tone for his day or whatever. Then for this to happen and see this, he just feels like, I mean, you got to think about this. These, all of us are like, we, we are fucking head first into the unknown into the supernatural with all this shit. And then to have like a huge tsunami wave of like this type of shit hitting him with just who he thought was just a love of his life, who is missing now. You know what I mean? It's just like, an, he's starting to, maybe he, is starting to be somewhat empathetic to Jeb because he couldn't really be empathetic to Jeb. You know what I mean? For he didn't experience a loss of a wife or whatever. So maybe it's like just a, it's a, I don't know. It's just a perfect timing. Jeb waking up the way he did over memories of his wife and then having this shit happen to him at the same time, you know? Maybe one thing on the side. Sure. Uh, I would like to try out the Path of Alchemy to make an elixir to heal Jeb's hands. Okay. Basically, giving the uh, underground lab a trial run. <laughs> so it is a intelligence, a cultural, and you have a well-stocked laboratory. So you'll get a bonus dice to the pool. It's a difficulty eight. I have one success. That's that's good enough to to make it work. It reduces um, the damage pool by one. And increases the healing times. For bashing and lethal damage. Okay. Normally in bashing damage, um, the first box there takes, I think, an hour before it is healed. And it obviously the wound is still going to be there, you know, but it's not going to be, like, bothering you anymore. You didn't, like, break your arm or anything. So, you know, the, the pain will go away and all of that. So this will have the time and make it so that uh, the wound starts to close up a little bit already. You get the, the bleeding stops. The numbness that you were kind of feeling from just like, you know, after your hand kind of goes into shock a little bit from just hitting it is uh, is gone. The pain is is dulled, and it feels a lot better. Well, hell, Doc, thanks. How'd y'all put this yeah. together? What, what's in this? Uh, Let's not talk about that. The important thing is it works. Well, sure as hell does. Want beer? All right, perfect. Uh, no, coffee for now. So, yeah, you can go ahead and mark that off. It'll be gone. Jeb will uh, get him a coffee, but he'll toss in a generous splash of whiskey. Robert, describe to us your morning routine a little bit. All right, so Robert would probably try to get up um, a little bit earlier than Maria would wake up to try to start his day. And... Um, Basically, what he does in the morning is he will roll out of bed. Um, his bed is is kind of his side of the bed is is on the side of the 
uh, bathroom that they have inside of their bedroom. So he'll, he'll, you know, roll out of bed and go into the shower. And before he, before he like cleans himself and gets himself ready, he turns the shower on really hot and he, he goes into the bottom of the sink and he has a, uh, a bottle of, of uh, whiskey that he keeps there and he'll take a couple good swigs on the bottle um, before putting it back and kind of like covering it up with some cleaners and stuff like that. He'll open yeah, up the, uh, the, the window that's very close to the, to the um, it's like closer to the ceiling kind of like to let the, the steam out and he'll, he'll have a cigarette and try to cover the smell with air freshener before he finally gets himself in the shower um, he does this kind of like morning ritual every day. Uh, he sees like the, the drink and the, the morning cigarette is as important as the shower and the shave and the combing his hair. He's a big man. Um, but he does try to have as much control as he possibly can in the, his outward appearance as far as like dressing cleanliness, um, making sure his hair is, is, uh, barbered all the time. Um, that's just like small things that he tries to stay on top of. So he'll get himself ready. He'll put his shirt on. He'll put his holster over the shirt. He's kind of looking in the mirror, buttoning everything up, um, just getting ready to go. Um, by this time, by the time he's fully ready, Maria would probably be awakening also. Yeah, that's what I would be. I was going to say is that, you know, your activity in the morning would wake her. Yeah. And that's her cue to like, okay, time to get up. And as you're kind of uh, finishing up, you're you're getting dressed and everything. She's like, "Hey, hon, you're taking Robbie Jr. to school, right?" Yeah, of course. And you're talking to him, right? I'm gonna talk to him man to man, just like I said. Okay, I'll go make breakfast. He'll smile at that. Like I said last time, he loves his wife's cooking. So I mean, she'll whip up something quick, uh, so that uh, you know it's ready to go. On my way down, I I kind of uh, give a, a a pound on Robbie Jr.'s door, and I'll just just say like, you know, like rise and shine. We're leaving in twenty. Come and get some breakfast. Okay, and you know, like a typical like twelve year old kid, you know, he kind of groans and doesn't yeah. want to get up, but he does. We cut to you're in the car, you're getting in, and driving away. Do you? wait just a minute to kind of talk to him. You know, yeah, I'll give you know, it a second. Wait. I kind of want to ease into it. And um, okay. I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like once we're driving for a minute, I'm just going to say, so your mom told me you got in another fight yesterday. He's just kind of quiet and looking out the window. You got anything to say to me, son? And he just kind of, you see his head kind of go down out of the corner of your eye. You know, you're, you're driving, so you're not really looking at him completely but you can you're kind of you know you'll look over every now and then and you're paying attention and he uh kind of his head kind of just drops low but he doesn't say anything i um i put my hand out and i I squeeze his shoulder i go what's going on with you he said it was fat ah jesus he's listen just couldn't take it anymore okay all right look i know and i i got in a lot of fights when i was your age too for the exact same reason you know what Robbie, I got to tell you, there's always going to be assholes and you can't just fight them every time they pop up. It's you're going to be fighting a lot if that's the case. Now, look, you come from a family of big people. All right. It's it's OK. Listen, you don't have to ever be embarrassed to yourself. OK. And I try to just like rub his shoulder a little bit 
I'm not embarrassed, Dad. It just made me so mad. I can't wait till like I'm older and I can be like a cop like you. He he is like very disturbed by him saying that, even though, even though you know it's he he's flattered that his son would see him as an example to follow. He just he just is thinking about. He has like this flashback to that that one time where he saw his partner get killed and just that whole that whole crazy mess. And he just is like, oh, to himself, he's like, God no. And he just he just pats him on the shoulder, and I I just I say um. You know you can talk to me, son. Yeah, I know, Dad. I just... I didn't want you to be mad. Listen, I'm, I'm your dad, okay? He gives you, like, a... Kind of, like, a weak smile, and... You guys, uh... Have a pleasant drive the rest of the way to this... To the school. You know, he's feeling a lot better about it. Well, that's good. Is there anything else you want to talk yeah, to like about? Yeah, like, before I drop him off... I'll, well, yeah, I'll, I'll probably shoot the shit a little bit. Just try to take his mind off of, uh like the the bullying and stuff like that and I'll just ask him about um I don't I don't really know like what his interests would be but um I'll just ask him about if he's if he's uh if he's read any good comic books lately or anything like that. Yeah, I'll ask him about girls actually. So, are you talking to any girls lately? And I kind of nudge him on the shoulder. Dad, stop. Come on, you're an Esposito. I I know you've got this the same sort of passion I did when I was a kid. You know, I'm I'm a bigger guy, but you know I gotta say I I did pretty well for myself back then, huh? And I just kind of am like nudging him. Yeah, you're just like embarrassing him at this point. Yeah. So, you drop him off, and you head to work, right? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna uh, stop at the liquor store before I go to work and just um. <laughs> grab a couple nips and grab a, a big iced coffee from the 7-Eleven again. And then I'm just going to go straight into the office there for later. Yeah. On the day. yeah, sure. So you, you go to the office and you know, this is a, this is a big building and it has like a lot of security clearance and all that stuff. And you're used to it. You know, you go through everything and get inside and go to, go to where your desk is. You know, you've got this, do I share an office with anybody, or is it is it a private office? Um, I was gonna say that you would probably you would probably share it with Maureen. Okay. Like she works pretty closely with you right now, um, but she's not uh, she's not like your partner. Yeah. You haven't been like assigned anything, and it's just kind of like okay, you guys have been doing a lot of the like, clerical work together and everything like that, and so she's she's there. She's already you know she's got her uh, her mug of coffee. She'll see you come in and just kind of be like, oh, hey. I'll give her a nod, Maureen. And I'll just sit down and um, start taking my folders out. So, hey, uh, she says to you, she's like, hey, I um, saw something interesting. She takes yeah. out a folder and hands it to you. I was checking up on something that uh, happened yesterday uh, for somebody else. Um, and, well, it's so it's so weird. And I thought, you know, it's related to your case, the one you were just told to get on. I don't know how far you've gotten with that. Kind of giving you like this, like probably hasn't touched gonna, it at I'm all. I'm going to give her a look at that. I'm just going to kind of give her like a, well, fuck you look, but not say anything. Look, I think this will help. There was a shooting yesterday. It was at the Smithsonian. <laughs> and ballistics come back with the, with the, with the, with the shells and they match two of the murders you don't say 
At this point, inside of Robert's head, he is just like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? But he's going to try to just, you know, play play as coy as he possibly can. And he just um, will take the folder from her like, oh, you mind if I look at that? And he'll yeah, just pop yeah. it open. I thought, I thought you might find it interesting. It's, it's, there's no casualties, but there is a witness. Hmm. Yeah, he was uh, dropped he's, off he's at a hospital. At it. Oh, he's going to look at it for a second and be like, Hey, you got you got another copy of this? Is it cool if I keep this? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hey, thanks. I think this is really going to help me a lot. Maureen, I owe you one. She gives you huh? a smile. Dinner on me? And I kind of just like smile at her and give her like a, a nudge on the shoulder. I'll yeah, buy us lunch just... today. <laughs> She's like, all right, yeah. And um, I'll just um, I'll say, can you excuse me for a minute? I, I just have to run to the restroom. Okay. And I'll, I'll so just I'm do? just gonna leave the office as soon as I get to a place that's somewhat quiet. I'm taking out my phone and I'm calling Walter. Walter, your phone rings and you can see clearly that it's Robert. Yes, Robert. Walter, just found out some interesting news at work today. And I I think I think hearing you say that just kind of puts me out of my state of anger. You know what I mean? And maybe the other two can, if they're looking, see me sit up a little straighter and just kind of look at the board even more. Yeah. But what did you find out? Um, so before Robert starts talking, he's going to look around and, and um, just try to gauge how alone he is right now. Okay. Um, I mean, you want to be extra careful. You can roll yeah. perception and alertness. Difficulty six. Oof. One success. <laughs> so we can say that there's probably some people like around sort of, you know, you're in an office building. You kind of go off where you're by yourself. So, but there's no one like near enough to hear you if you're just kind of talking low. Right. Okay. So yeah, I take a I take a couple quick looks over my shoulders and I kind of like put my hand over over like my mouth a little bit as I'm holding the phone to just just so just to cuz I'm, you know, very paranoid about doing this, but I'm just like so one of my coworkers hands me a file today uh says it's going to help me with the uh the church case that I'm working on. Get this. That shooting that happened last night. Same bullets. Same fucking bullets. No. No way. Holy shit. What do you make of this? This is somehow, I just, I, I don't feel right about this, that this is somehow connected. How how could this be? I got fucking goosebumps right now, Robert. And I stand up, I just start pacing around the coffee table. Get the fuck out of here, Robert. There's no such thing as coincidences, Robert. Not at all. We got to meet in person and talk. Can Do you want to meet for coffee? I can bring the other two with. I can't right now. I gotta. I gotta work a little bit first. Uh, listen, well, call I'm me. Gonna, I'll call you. Okay. All right. Yeah, just let the others know. All right. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Trust me, Robert. You're doing good things. I'm gonna fucking talk to them right now. I'm gonna let them know. And I just hang up the phone and um, I re-enter the office, uh, trying to, you know, just still keep my composure. Um, and I sit back down and I take hey, the well, folders out again. Before you get to your desk, you kind of pass uh, Carter, Special Agent Carter. Oh fuck! And uh, he's like, "Oh, hey, Esposito, how are things going?" Hello, sir. They're going well. You're right. Yes. Uh, feeling better than ever. Just uh, you know, just making a just made a, a great breakthrough on this case here, thanks to uh, thanks to Agent Darcy. Um, yeah, things are going pretty well. Oh, hey, do you do you think you need her help on this? I can uh, I can get her to come along with you if you're. Uh, sir, as much as I appreciate her help in this, um, I really think I can handle this one alone. He gives you uh, kind of a warm smile and says, all right, it's good to see you uh, 
take a more initiative. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. And I'll kind of just um, just try to look as busy as possible and um, okay. keep going. <laughs> Let's cut back over to the other guys. So you you just hang up the phone. I imagine you want to immediately tell the other two. Yeah, definitely. Jebediah, Gregory, can I get a moment of your time, please? Sure. Please come come into the room here, please. I'm sitting right here. What the hell y'all want? I just got off the phone with Robert. And get this. He just got a report handed to him about that case that he's working on. And those people who were murdered and the cases that he's dealing with, the bullets had the same ballistics of the bullets from last night, from the ones that were shot at us. I mean, particularly when I was doing that meetup. Chad, what exactly does that mean? means it was fired by the same gun. There's no such thing as coincidences when it comes to the shit that we deal with. We we that's been proven to us multiple times. Why would they? Why why would Robert be put on a fucking case, gentlemen, looking into murders? And then I'm not immediately not at the same fucking day. Am I called by someone saying that they know something about my sweet Iris? And then I'm shot at. Jebediah, this is not a a coincidence, Jebediah. Something is going on here. You're goddamn right, something's going on here. Ain't no way that's coincidence. I so asked. They, they, this group of people in this car, what's their what's their motive? So let's assume they are this, the same group that go around into churches. They somehow know Iris. They are somehow involved with these people who also know Iris and follow her around and take all these pictures to have you, uh, have you all upset. And they're just shooting people up always with the same gun, like they don't care. Here's the thing, Gregory. I think whoever shot at me last night and that young man who was giving me those pictures did not want me to get those pictures or wanted him dead or wanted me dead. I don't think of they... Of course. Yeah, I don't think that this... They, for some reason, they don't want me to find out about Iris. I don't know what to do right now, Gregory. I'm frankly at a fucking loss. I asked Robert to meet up with us, but he says work. He can't because of work, but he said he'll call us. But I don't, I don't see what, what the connection is. The only thing I can think of is that there is a conspiracy going on. And I've been scratching the surface of the truth. You know this. They don't. There he goes again. Jebediah, but they don't want us to find the rumors, or the truth. They don't want us to, to shed light on them, Jebediah. I, I held those pictures in my hand. And with the expanded nature of my mind and the training that I've given myself, I was able to get a sense of the pictures of the shadowy figure the suspicious figure who took them while i was spending time with my sweet iris this is a conspiracy gentlemen and it is on us to bring the truth to the public i need your help i don't know how else to say it i am weak without you two and i'm weak without robert and we are weak alone but together we can we can conquer this well yeah that's why we're all here exactly so i'll tell you what we're gonna do we're gonna pick out our guns and I mean, I, I got lots of different models. Y'all, you, you want like a four to five? You want nine mil? I mean, I, you, I got some solid offs. You, you, you can take your pick. We'll, we'll just get our guns, and then we're gonna go find these sons of bitches, and we'll solve the problem. That's what we need to do, Jeb. We need it. We need you in your hunter mode. We need to track them down, find out what this is. Why? Why are these people targeting religious figures? Is it because they're spawn of the evil Illuminati devils? Honestly, I think we shouldn't go into guns blasting. We should go find Iris. I'm at the point where I have to wait for them to reach out to me, Gregory. 
I mean, we could do this. How about this? Let's go take a look at these churches. You, us three, and we'll wait for Robert to call me. We'll be inconspicuous, which means that you'll probably have to do the talking, Gregory. Why can't we'll I we do can... the talking? Well, Jebediah, while you are filled with passion and a light for the fight. I love me some Jesus. I, I Well, you could sit in the pews and when and some of these places of worship aren't of Christian origin. You mean them, them benches things? The benches things, yes, where they have the books with the songs in them. I'll sit there with you, but I think Gregory right now is probably listen to the is is the least incons is the most inconspicuous of us because we do owe Robert that. Robert asked us to handle this with kid gloves and to be careful, not draw too much attention to ourselves if we were to look into it, right? We don't oh, want yeah, to see Robert. We, we definitely shouldn't draw any attention to us now. I mean we already showed up at the uh, at the shooting yesterday with Robert in any case. Um if we start running around with him now, that that would look bad for him, real bad. Or, yeah, I mean the the shooting kind of found us. Yeah, did it? I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Or did we find the truth somewhere? Hmm. Maybe we found it, Jeb. I can see that. Maybe. Or here's another option: we could have Gregory go talk to the individual who gave me the pictures in the hospital. It's your call, Gregory, because we're asking you to do the talking. I mean, we'll be there with you. In the background. That's all bitch in the hospital owes us. We should go talk to him first. Yeah, I, I I think so too. But I do think we're a little we draw too much attention. I think Gregory is perfect to fit in around there. Even though I know you're not an MD, Gregory. Whew. I don't so know. Should man. I grab him like one of them little lady guns? I think I maybe I can blend it to the crowd and tell someone that I know the guy and visit him, but I'm not very good at drawing out information out of people if they don't want to give it. Well, I could, hmm. well, those are two options I can think of. Unless you could think of other one. We go talk to these people at these religious establishments, these institutions, or we go to the hospital and try talking to this individual until we hear back from Robert. <clears throat> the thing about the hospital that concerns me is there may be cops that are watching the guy because he's a gunshot victim. And those yep. are reported. And I think there will also be cops watching the churches. All of them. Not just the three that were attacked. Man, I don't feel, I feel powerless, gentlemen. Yeah, I think Why we should I just dress up like a janitor <sighs> and walk in. <laughs> Jebediah, I think we should leave the question asking and the interrogation part to Robert. We could do that. How about we wait till Robert calls and we see if we can maybe use his his uh, badge and his and his status to get us in. Yeah. And yeah. And we could do the talking like that. And we could have Jeb go in there with him for muscle looking like yeah, a maybe janitor. we sneak in from the side and Robert goes in all official like. Yeah. And, and we did. accidentally meet up in the hallway. And they are related. He is working the case, right? Because if it's the same ballistics and this gentleman was shot with the same ballistics of the murder weapon that killed those religious people, he does have a right to be in there and talk to him. We could just have Jeb oh, sure. conveniently be mopping in there. In case he doesn't want to work nicely with Robert, I'm sure Jeb has his ways of getting people to talk. I rigged up this mop once with a little. Okay, so I, I drilled out the core of it. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want. Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called 
White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please. Help. They're coming. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more.